Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hi, friends. I am super excited about today's podcast episode. I mean, I'm always excited, truly. But today I'm excited because it's just you and me together again at last. Um, I try to save a few spots here and there in my podcast plan to do solo episodes. But let me tell you, it's not that easy because I have been meeting so many great people that I just need to have as guests. It's like a real conundrum, I tell you. But here we are. Here we are. Um, As you've probably noticed, we are in the month of December right now, and it's a little hustly, bustly, action-packed. I'm sure you're hearing this and feeling this and seeing this everywhere. I'm sort of feeling a squeeze right now, too. Maybe you are as well. It's a little bit squeezy this time of year, you know? And not like easy breezy lemon squeezy. Over on my end, I'm feeling the squeeze to fill one more one-to-one content client spot before December's over. I've actually already filled three of the four I was looking to fill, which is super exciting. Then there's this squeeze of trying to get my ducks in a row in time for January. And I don't like all the resolutions and goals and words of the year. I don't really do that. Well, I think I actually do do a word of the year, but then I forget it after like day two. So it's really just a word of the day. Um, But I do love planning and prepping. And my goal every year is to head into the first three months, first quarter with a, a real goal and plan and course of action. So I have a little bit of that squeeze going on. And then of course, there's the holidays, which are just a fast paced time in and of themselves, depending on what you're doing. Um, We're in the process of getting ready for ours, as well as ensuring that Mr. Clyde is fully recovered. He had a really bad ear infection, and it's just been hellish for him. So we got to make sure he is ready to go by the holidays. And I do feel like I'm trying to hurry along his healing so that all systems are go. But at the same time, I know that he needs to take his own time. And so I'm being patient as well. Um, And I imagine you're feeling this as well right now, different strengths and different reasons of the squeeze. Um, So I was thinking about what I wanted to share in today's podcast episode with you. All I knew is that I did not want it to feel like that. I wanted it to feel like a fun, positive, inspiring listen that would help you to feel expansive rather than contracted, kind of like if I could just give you a big hug. That's why this month on the podcast, I've really been focused on bringing on guests that are either sharing their stories or just sharing something inspiring and fun or challenging us to think about things in a new way as we close out the year. But no hustling. I don't want any hustling here. And I'm super excited for next week's episode. I think you're going to be very thrilled to hear from my guests and I, you will absolutely love her, but I'm going to keep you in suspense. So this week, you're invited to just sit back, relax, and indulge in a little grab bag style story time with yours truly, me. 
And before we really dive in, I did want to mention that um, every year I put together an end of year reflection and intention setting worksheet download that you can get for free. And I'm going to have that in the show notes. I know that we all have our own end of year process and rituals. This is something I do think, I mean, I'm biased, but I really do think it can be added to just about anything that you already have in place and do. This is all about ease and positive feelings and creating possibility for the year to come. So if you're interested, it's in the show notes, or you can go to shebuiltthis.org backslash 2022 is coming. And it's no opt-in, which is like unheard of in today's day and age, I know, but it's true. I don't need you to opt-in. I I already got your ears. Um, Okie dokie. And really quick before we dive in, in case you just sort of like ended up here listening to this podcast and you're like, who on earth is this person? Which I know this happens because I go down the rabbit hole of podcasts all the time and discover new hosts. And I like to hear a little bit about who they are. So let me just tell you really quickly about me. I'm Emily Aborn. I'm a content writer as well as the owner and founder of She Built This. And She Built This is a woman's entrepreneurship community. And when I say community, I don't just mean it's a podcast community. We are a connected group of women, like real people, uh, not limited to listeners of this podcast. And we're coming together to share our stories, our struggles, our celebrations, our resources, and cheer one another on in our entrepreneurial journeys. We're not really like the hustle and grind kind of people, keep going till you drop, that kind of thing. We're more of the kind of crowd that's going to encourage you to take a day off and put your feet up when you need it because you can't follow your dreams if you are burnt out and exhausted. Am I right? Uh, This really is, I mean, these are some of my favorite people. They are authentic and honest and genuine, and they really stand by each other's side and lift each other up every single step of the way. So if that sounds too good to be true, I know because I think this every single day when I have gratitude for and celebrate the good things in my life, but it's really how this group of women is. So I really would invite you, if you're not already part of the community, to learn more about us and join us at shebuiltthis.org. You can also learn more about me and my content writing business at emilyaborn.com. That's me and she built this in a nutshell. Lastly, before we get down to our fun, funny business, um, I just want to read this amazing review of the week by Kathleen Melvin inspiration and understanding. Emily and her guests know that life and business aren't one size fits all. Each partner episode features a guest with ideas to think about, but you won't find too much you quote should do this specific thing or quote you need to take this specific path. Thank you to Kathleen for writing this beautiful review. And if you just so happen to have somewhere between 20 and 60 seconds to spare, I welcome your review too. With every single last review, you are literally helping me to build this podcast. Um, But I love what Kathleen said, because that is exactly what today's episode is about. And what I kind of like strive for in every single episode I do, I never want you to feel like you need to do something, you need to do something this way, or you need to go this path. It's all about creating this journey for yourself. So I am calling today's episode the grab bag episode. And basically what it is, is a smorgasbord of things that you can pull out of the grab bag of tricks this holiday season and keep in mind as you go through whatever busyness or craziness you encounter. 
It's just going to kind of be like short little stories and anecdotes and lessons I've been reflecting on the past couple of months and things I've really been wanting to share with you, but they don't exactly qualify as full episodes. So think of this as a bunch of mini episodes of the She Built This podcast. Take it with you on the go, pause it while you run into shops, press play again knowing you didn't miss a beat, and hopefully just like a real grab bag, this will kind of have something for everyone. So let's get into it. Grab bag item number one, the good old fashioned thank you card. One thing that I used to do at my mattress store as one of our like customer service extra touches was to handwrite thank you cards for every single mattress sale and sometimes accessories when I had the customer's address. Recently, I had the pleasure of interviewing Julie Brown for my show. Her episode is going to air next month and she shared with me some really creative ideas for deepening our connections and networking with others. One of these ideas was, you guessed it, thank you cards. And maybe you're thinking, oh my gosh, that sounds too stressful or I don't have time for that. Here's a really simple system to make this easy and work for you. And you can totally do whatever works for you. But on Fridays, I look back at my calendar and I just make a little list of everyone I spoke with that week from new clients to referral partners to podcast guests to just like pals. And then when applicable, I write them thank you cards on Saturday mornings while I sip my coffee calmly and I send those thank you cards out on a weekly basis. I could see you even keeping a running list in your project management software if you have one and adding a little note in about like what made the conversation special so that you don't forget. Try it. It really brings so much joy to you when you're writing the thank you card because you're basically helping somebody. You know, you're lighting up their day when they receive that card from you. And it brings so much joy also to share gratitude for how they helped you. And it just improves your like overall feelings of gratitude. And dare I say that getting snail mail, like real snail mail, not the kind uh, that is the weekly flyer or something, it is the best thing ever. And if you don't talk to anyone during the week, um, Write a thank you card randomly. Write one to your spouse or your child or your best friend from college. Bring back and maybe even send it to them. Bring back the thank you card. Bring back the snail mail. That's grab bag item number one. Grab bag item number two. Burnout prevention slash recovery tip from Kate Donovan of Fried the Burnout podcast. I discovered Kate Donovan's podcast Fried the Burnout through our mutual friend, Deanna Seymour. If you listened last week, you will remember Deanna from last week. She has something happening right now called the Anti-Hustle Holiday Countdown. And basically, it's very clever. It's an audio-only, totally fun daily installment of a podcast where she interviews other podcast hosts about their holiday traditions and more. These episodes are like 10, 15 minutes tops. If you want to hear my story, I'll be sharing... I'll be on her show tomorrow sharing. Tomorrow is December 9th, and you can hop into the fun and pick up anywhere uh, at antihustleholiday.com. I'll make sure that link is in the show notes as well so that you have it handy. Anywho, I've been listening and every single day and loving it and discovering other podcast hosts that I'm interested in learning about. So I thought Kate's was a fantastic one, and I thought she sounded fascinating. Side note, I'm not burned out, but I have been. I've been there. And I'm all about burnout prevention, especially during squeezy times like these. 
And P.S. I googled the word squeezy before I did this episode and it means basically to be like a ketchup bottle. Um, That is the actual definition of it. Um, Anyway, back to Kate Donovan. I subscribed to her podcast, Fried the Burnout, and I started listening. And this past week, she gave seven tips for returning to work after burnout. And one of them I thought could actually just be applied to every single day and even as a way to prevent burnout, overwhelm, and it's honestly just an overall like best practice for life. So grab bag item number two is taking 10 minutes between projects and or calls during the day as a way to reset. I like this a lot. I don't give myself nearly enough brain breaks throughout the day, and I was just talking to my husband about this last week. I don't know if this is working for me, but I've always been more of a marathoner and I will just like stay fixated to my work until I've completed it rather than give myself periods of rest. So I'm going to try it. Last week, speaking of marathons, I did like this marathon day where I had three podcast interviews a networking meeting, a Facebook Live all in one day. And it was great to meet all these people and have the conversations. And I did actually give myself like brief breaks in between each call, but cramming all of that into one day, it took me like two days to recover. And then I booked something every single day of that same week through Monday. And as a result, over the weekend, I never really recharged. And I headed into Monday tired, overwhelmed, off track, out of sorts. You get the idea. So I love this concept of not only making breaks, like I do try to keep one one day free from any sort of appointments, but I also love this idea of having breaks in my day on a regular basis between projects and between client meetings. This week, I'm totally making up for last week and getting back on track. And as I usually only schedule one day per week where I do all of my meetings. And now I'm going to be even more mindful on that one day that there are bigger breaks in between these calls. That's going to be a requirement for me. So the the grab bag item here is to remember that we are human and we need to care for our bodies, minds, and souls while we're working every day. We can't just grind away like machines. And furthermore, I've learned, and I'm sure you've learned this too, With Zoom being like the current hot ticket, you know, like one of the more prevalent ways that we're uh, interacting with one another, it's not like we have that time to drive around back to and fro and have a little bit of decompression between things. Now you can literally book yourself back to back like I have something ending at noon and I have to be on my next call at noon. So that is going to be what I'm avoiding and I don't think that is necessarily healthy nor a smart option. So let's try to give ourselves at least 10 minutes between calls, clients, projects, etc. All right, grab bag item number three. All vehicles have a reverse. I remember when I was 15 and we had this old Volvo that my dad painted from banana yellow to poop emoji brown. I have no idea why he thought brown was better than yellow. Yellow is pretty bad, but brown was worse. And it was like the boxiest car that you have ever seen. I think it was a 1986. It was a Volvo 240. So I'd watched my foster sister, Angela, practice driving stick in the car while I would sit nervously in the back seat. And my dad would try to explain how to drive stick by just like explaining the ins and outs of the mechanism of the clutch while she was mid-gear shift. One time, I remember we were on our way home from the mall in Nashua during the holiday season, and we got stuck going up the hill by Barnes and Nobles. 
If you are familiar with New Hampshire, you probably know this hill coming from the mall well. And during the holiday season, let me tell you, it is a line of bumper-to-bumper traffic behind you, in front of you, and on both sides of you. So eventually, Angela had to give up because she could not get that damn thing into first successfully without rolling backwards into the cars behind her, which was very stressful. So she got out, got into the passenger seat, and my dad took over. And I'm sure all the cars behind us were just so happy that this was the spot we'd chosen for stick shift driving lessons. Well, anyway, uh, once I got my license, I had only practiced with the Volvo a couple of times of my own, when my parents informed me that they were going away for the weekend and they took both automatic vehicles that we had with them, which I usually drove. So we had a conversion van, another story for another day, and a Pontiac Grand Prix, lots more stories for lots more days. So if I wanted to go anywhere, I would have to take that Volvo. Now, determined, as usual, I took out the Volvo in my town to practice just a little bit more on back roads. And then once I felt like, okay, I have the hang of this, called up all my friends and said like, watch out, I'm on my way. Now, I am sure that I royally burned out that clutch in the effort to get together with my friends, but you got to do what you got to do, you know? So this Volvo, and I don't know if this is all Volvos of that time, but it had a reverse that was like really, really difficult to find. In fact, I could not figure out how to put the car in reverse. So all weekend, everywhere I went, which was a lot of places, I had to make sure that I drove into spots that I could pull forward out of. Easy enough, right? Until I got to a spot that I could not do that. I pulled up to my friend Beth's house and this just wasn't an option. She lived at the top of a long dirt driveway and it did have a turnaround, but in order to get into the turnaround, I would have had to reverse to get in there. Um, So I pulled the car in, yanked up the e-brake, and I was like, well, I will just be staying here a while, (laughs) at least until I can figure out how to put this darn thing in reverse, or maybe I'll just coast it down the hill backwards in neutral. So I told Beth's dad that the car didn't have a reverse, and he came out and showed me how to do it. Basically, you had to pull up this like ring thing around the clutch, which then opened up the option for the car to go all the way into reverse. Very tricky, Volvo. Very tricky indeed. But at least I was free to go where I wanted to and I didn't have to pull into spots that I could only pull out of straight. So sometimes, you know, it's like this in our lives, right? We can get so caught up in doing things the the way we are doing them or that we've always done them or carrying on in just, just such a way. We don't even open ourselves up to other possibilities or knowing that other possibilities are out there. So the grab bag item here is every vehicle has a reverse. There's always another way to look at things and it's okay to give yourself permission to not no, 100%. And when you when you admit that, you're open to learning to do things easier, better, faster, whatever you're looking for as an outcome. So give yourself permission to raise your hand and say, uh, I can't figure this out and ask for help. Another example of this same principle, as it applies more to like business, happened last week when I met with two women who were interested in joining She Built This. So as we were chatting, we were like sharing stories about, you know, how we've evolved our businesses and offerings over time and how that really happened as we took in new information and insights and 
changed and pivoted from that space. So I remember this one day in 2020, I was still, I was stuck in a trap I had created for myself. I was doing all of these things I really did not want to be doing in my business. I was starting to get really big clients, but for the most part, they were the wrong types of clients. And I felt like I could just never get my business focused on doing what I loved and I was just stuck slogging away doing things I didn't even like to do. And I was the one that built this. So this was not a good place to be. I called my friend crying because I was really, really overwhelmed. And I was like in this mountain of stuff I had said yes to without like really being active in making my choices. She told me something along the lines of, you know, you get to choose what kind of business you run. And I think I had just forgotten that. I let whatever came my way dictate the way I was going and I called it a day. And I would do that day in and day out and I was miserable. So I sat down and I did a lot of reflecting on myself and what problems I really wanted to solve for people, what lit me up, what some of the common threads were that had been like going throughout my life. In everything I had done so far, it became really clear to me that like I was always the one getting tasked with things that were related to marketing or writing brochures or creating manuals or teaching new people how to do their jobs. And that was like in every workplace that I had worked. And I realized that like, okay, these are the things that light me up. So how do I want to put these things into the world? And When I started to look at it, it, I realized that writing at the core of it, it was really about like writing and educating other people. And that was, I mean, I've been doing those kinds of things since I was really, really little in various forms. And that's always been the best part of every single job for me. And it's funny, I never even like put two and two together when I was sort of deciding on the direction for my business, I was like a copywriter at Eastern Mountain Sports for a whole year. And I wrote about socks and lanyards and carabiners. And I made them sound like God's gift to men and women. I loved that job. So one day, despite being like really scared of telling my clients that I didn't want to work with them anymore, I was really afraid that, you know, if I gave up these big, huge clients that I was doing everything for that I didn't want to be doing, I would have no income. So One day I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going all in and I am going all in on this content writing thing. I don't even know if this is a thing. (laughs) I don't know if people pay money for this. I doubt it, but I just said I have to do this. So that was kind of how I just made the decision that I want to focus on what I love in my business. And I was really worried that, you know, like I said, nobody would pay me to do what I wanted to be doing. I was worried that people would think this was completely out of left field and I had no experience. And I also didn't want to step on anyone's toes. And I think I just was like, coming up against imposter syndrome, which I do believe hits us when we're like butting up really, really close to what matters most to us. But I had gone around that merry-go-round one too many times and I was ready to get off. So that's the experience that me and these ladies were talking about when we were connecting. And I just, the, the reason I bring that all in is there is another way. You know what I mean? Like even if you feel like your car didn't come with reverse It has a reverse. So sometimes it just takes you raising your hand, surrendering, and being like, okay, what is the alternative solution here? And it can feel scary, especially when it feels like everything is at stake, but it ends up being better in the long run than always trying to find a place that has a parking spot that you can pull out of. There's always another way to look at things and approach things. 
Grab bag item number four. You don't always need to come up with something new. Uh, you probably heard this time and time again if you are in the entrepreneurial space, but basically when you are a person that creates your own content on a regular basis or you run a group or you host a podcast, remember, 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 you can rinse, reuse, and recycle. This is what some of I some of what I do with my content creation clients. Some of it's about like turning over those stones and finding the things that they talked about in their podcast episodes or in their Facebook lives or in past blogs and helping them to extract all of this stuff from its many forms, organize it. And of course, we do actually create a lot of new stuff for them as well, but we also do a lot of sprucing up what they have. And I just want to encourage you that you don't need to come up with something new all of the time. People have not seen everything that you have shared and people don't remember that Tuesday tip that you've shared last July verbatim. They just don't. So especially during this time of year, lighten up your load a little bit and hit up your content recycling center and pull out something old and make it new. It's going to feel like such a weight off your shoulders. All right, grab bag item number five. Keep going. Go slow. Stop. Remember, you create the speed limit in your life. The other day, I did a gateless writing salon with Becky Karish, who I know you hear me rave about constantly, and she's also been on my show before. It, on that day, it was Sunday, I was having what I'm going to go ahead and just call like a life block because this went beyond writer's block. I couldn't think of anything. I had to do my content for the week. I had to write notes for this podcast. And my brain was just like, it was blocked. So I had actually written some notes for this podcast. And I went upstairs in my office to record it. And I was like 25 minutes in and I'm like, what am I doing? It was not this actual podcast. It was 25 very different minutes. And here's a pro tip for you. When you're bored creating the thing that you're creating, there's a very good good chance that people are going to be bored consuming the thing that you're creating. And that's what was happening. I was like, oh my God, this is boring even me. <laughs> so basically I was sharing like this long-winded tale of everything I've experienced in the past decade. Well, even more than a decade, actually, it was like from 2009, from jobs to moves to falling in love. And then some like, it didn't even really have a point. And well, some of you may ha be interested in knowing every last detail of my journey. I imagine that's a very small number of you. <laughs> so I stopped and I deleted what I had recorded and I went back downstairs and then I was like super annoyed. And then I became very stressed because I had no podcast, which meant I had no inspiration for my email, which meant I had no social media posts for the week because that's how I roll. I organize everything around my big chunks of content and my podcast for the win, usually. <laughs> so I sat down and I'm like, I need to rethink this. And there was just a big old blank page and that blinking cursor staring at me. And I was like coming up with nothing, nada. Now, this would have been a good time for me to pull out grab bag item number four and rinse, reuse, and recycle. But I didn't. I actually felt like something was in fact supposed to happen. I just didn't know what it was because I could not think of anything. I was like, okay, if worse comes to worse, I will just release next week's guest episode a week early and 
try this again next time. So I'd had like, like I told you, I had had a busy week last week and I had two Sunday afternoon commitments plus something on Saturday. And there was just like no time for me to sit down and get this done. So I was really frustrated. And then I came into the gateless writing salon like, hmm, I'm frustrated <laughs> and away we go. So after Becky gave us the prompt, we start writing and there it was, the lovely blank page staring at me yet again. This time it was my notebook, not my computer. So there was no blinking cursor, thank goodness. It was like a life block. I told you, I couldn't write and I couldn't think. So Becky wisely invited us. If you get stuck, start with the phrase, I held up one finger. And like that was all the invitation I needed. I ran with it. And what I ended up with was a prelude, which I've never done before, basically saying, you know, I held up one finger, one moment. This is where I need to catch my breath and pause and take a second so I can catch up. And then I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote about being out of the loop when I went to high school for the first time at age 14. And then after the Gateless Writing Salon, after Jason and I had finished our Sunday uh, evening dinner, I sat on the couch and I wrote 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 for two hours straight, like handwritten. It was like a word and idea tsunami. I'm like, where were you earlier when I was trying to record this episode? Now, sometimes, you know, we don't get so lucky. Uh, I definitely got lucky with the fact that I, I had all of that come through, but I knew that if it di didn't come out in this way, it would. It would work out. It would come out in the bits and pieces that it was supposed to and when it was supposed to. The point is keep going, stop, go slow, pause. There's no wrong answer. The only wrong answer is when we try to compare the speed that we think we should be going or that we compare our own speed to somebody else's. Like if that's inspiring to you, go for it, compare away. But it's not inspiring to me. When I compare myself, usually I am just comparing myself to make myself feel bad. So remember the only speed limit is the one that you create for yourself. And this leads me to a new little phrase that I'm applying to the world of creativity, right not rushed. Now, the fun part about this is you can spell it R-I-G-H-T when you're talking about like things needing to be accurate and uh, correct. So right, not rushed. And you can spell it W-R-I-T-E when you're speaking to creativity. Right, not rushed. It's nice, right? All right, last grab bag item. Then I promise we're done. Are you ready? Grab bag item number six. Where are the cobbler's son's shoes in your life? I'm a content writer, as you've heard me say a couple of times on this podcast episode, and I do this for clients day in and day out, and I am wicked good at organizing their content, creating content, and delivering it to them with a strategy for implementation. But do you know what the cobbler's son's shoes are for me? <laughs> creating content, creating my own content, creating my own system and strategy that I feel good about. And as a result, like nobody sees this, but I feel how my clients feel before they get to me. I'm unsure. I'm unclear. I'm overwhelmed. I'm frazzled. In fact, to like kind of belabor my point this past year, I wrote an entire book for somebody as a ghostwriter, a full length book, manuscript, done. I know I can do it. I know I have it in me to sit down every single day and devote time to writing creative, creatively and organizing things and coming up with a really good structure. So what is stopping me from doing this for myself? 
And so I want to ask you that same question. Where are the cobbler's sun shoes in your life? What do you do phenomenally well for others? And maybe you even teach other people to do, but you fail to do it for yourself because that's going to show you where there's a little bit of a misalignment or maybe just a little bit of reprioritizing. Maybe you're putting other people's needs before your own and you do need to turn a little bit and focus on some of your own things as well. So what if you decide to take care of those cobbler's son shoes and today is the day that you start that. I would love to encourage you to do that. You can all hold me accountable to doing it for myself. And if you share with me what your cobbler's son shoes are in your own life, I will hold you accountable to it too. All right. With that, that is all. That's my grab bag episode, the smorgasbord compilation of recent discoveries, realizations, and whatever else I tossed in there. Let me know if this was at all something you enjoyed or needed to hear or just had fun hearing right now. And I cannot wait to see you. I mean, you know what I mean? You listen to me next week where my very special guest will be joining me. Lots of love to everyone and have a great rest of your week. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.